Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. 53106 is our text number that will cost you 30 cents. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on News Talk. Before the break, Henry was out uh, asking people uh, what their feeling was about uh, our neutrality. Should we continue being a neutral country? Should we make some adjustment to that, uh, given what's happening in other parts of the world? Uh, that one texter says, we'll be next once little Hitler is finished with the Ukrainians. He's no intention uh, of stopping there. Well, I don't know. Uh, I mean, if he must know that... If he went any further than Ukraine, he's encroaching into NATO territory. And that's that's a doomsday scenario. And surely he knows that. And uh, how many uh, soldiers would be, how many Russian soldiers would be willing, also knowing that, willing to cross the line over the border? So I wouldn't necessarily say that's the case. Uh, Sanin says, referendum, yeah, let's ask a load of pissed off people with no knowledge of geopolitics whether we should join a war. That's a good idea, says Sanin, who sounds absolutely calm and rational about this whole thing. Thank God for Sanin. Uh, Johnny says, uh, when we're attacked, we'll just hold up our down with this sort of thing placards. Uh, another uh, another Johnny, maybe the same person, says, sure, we were being attacked up north by an army with tanks. And the South never lifted a finger in response. Selected wars. Uh, Stephen says, it's scary just how ill-informed Irish people are regarding our neutrality. Ireland is a militarily neutral and militarily non-aligned country. We are not, nor have we ever been politically neutral. Uh, which is a fair point. Uh, uh, cough, cough, don't we have NATO on our island already? Okay, uh, fair point. Uh, another texter says, uh, all the loveys stroke morons calling for Ireland to join NATO. Uh, be my guest. Uh, go yourself and your children and join the British Army. Get all the fighting you want. Neutrality is the only way to keep this country from becoming a target. Soft power is more beneficial to our nation uh, than one or two squadrons of fourth generation fighter jets that the likes of Russia would plough through in a heartbeat anyway. Silly, silly people. As far as I know, uh, and a moment of correction here, uh, Ukraine uh, was a neutral country until just recently. And uh, that didn't really help them. Uh, plus also, they would, would have it a considerable amount of soft power, would have thought, given that they're one of the major breadbaskets of Europe. And people would want... Uh, that to continue in Ukraine, everybody around it would. Uh, and uh, Richard has the best suggestion of the day. He says, could we not just declare Ireland to be a superpower and then people would take us more seriously? Absolutely. Uh, that's the way to go. We are joined once together, once again from the seat of uh, the newly crowned superpower Ireland by Jonathan de Burke Butler uh, to look at some other stories from around the world. Jonathan, good afternoon to you. Sean, how are you? Now, uh, the uh, elections in South Korea getting a bit nasty. They sure are. Um, we were actually talking off air there about Squid Games and <laughs> yes. these have actually been dubbed the Squid Game elections uh, by journalists and commentators in that part of the world because they are getting nasty. I mean, there's there, there's 14 candidates altogether, but really there's two main candidates, right? A man by the name of Lee Jae-myung, who's part of the ruling Democratic Party and he's been put forward to succeed the current president, Moon Jae-in, okay? And uh, he was looking good for a while and then, of course... You know, lots of scandals started bubbling up around him, right? So when he was a mayor of a city a couple of years back, probably decades back at this stage, he was involved in a land development project that was probably a little bit dodgy. Now, the extent of, <laughs> of, of, of his involvement is still being investigated, but the investigation itself is being disrupted. People involved have committed suicide and various different things like that. So it's, it's, it's getting very, very uh, murky. On the other side, then, you've got a man by the 
from the People Power Party called Yun Suk Yul. Okay, and he's a former chief prosecutor. Question marks over some of his actions in the past as well. And also, uh, his wife is coming for a bit in for a bit of stick. Uh, she included some lies on some past job applications that came to light. So neither candidate is looking particularly good to be honest with yeah. you. Now, from a political point of view, they are very different. The Democrat Lee would be more left-leaning and People Power's Yun would be more open to sort of right right policies, I suppose, right-wing yeah. policies and that kind of thing. Um, a recent development uh, just yesterday, because I, I started looking at this story last week uh, with a view to the elections happening tomorrow, uh, was that a man was attacked. Uh, the the campaign leader, uh, that's um, Democrat uh, uh, candidate Lee's campaign manager, and in fact the leader of the party, was attacked with a hammer yesterday, I believe, uh, or over the weekend. I might, might be a bit wrong on my times there. A 70-year-old YouTuber who was dressed in traditional garb uh, attacked him while he was on the campaign trail and he remains in hospital at the moment. Right. So it really is getting nasty. I mean, there's been, there's, you know, people, they've been calling each other Hitler and all sorts of different things and they've been slagging each other's wives again about plastic surgery that's gone wrong and all sorts of weird stuff. But this is really the next level, something that we really haven't seen in South Korean politics before, you know, a campaign manager being attacked and hospitalised. Now, what that might mean for Lee's campaign, we won't know until Mm. Thursday or Friday, whether that's the thing that kind of gets him a sympathy vote or not uh, and gets him into power remains to be seen. But it's very interesting and all very dirty. Uh, Well, And apart from all just flinging dirt at each other, are there any burning issues in this election that people would... The big ones are uh, which way they're going to pivot towards China. So Mm. Yoon wants to move away from the Chinese a little bit and he wants to deal with their human rights abuses. Uh, He kind of wants to become more of a power within uh, the world and sort of stride into the world around the world with the United States. Whereas Lee, who is, again, you know, the, the follow on candidate from the current president, wants to take a bit more conciliatory approach to both China and North Korea, it should be said. Um, so there are, from our point of view, foreign policy point of view, there yeah. are slight differences between them. But I mean, the, but that's the, their backyard kind of thing. It so is their backyard, important. absolutely very important for all of us. So uh, and and for them in particular. Um, but yeah, as I said, on the domestic front, policies around. Uh, Lee wants to bring in a, a universal basic wage and that kind of thing and yeah. Yoon doesn't and so on that kind yeah. of thing OK right uh, Pakistan we're going to go to next and uh, a bombing there kills dozens of people Yeah it's a, a sad story this happened in the city of Peshawar now Peshawar the the geography of it is relatively important um, it has a population of about 2 million people and it's only about 40 kilometres away from the border with Afghanistan where of course we've got a resurgent Taliban ruling the roost at the moment. Now, the sworn enemies, of course, of the Taliban within uh, Afghanistan and Pakistan would be ISIS, Islamic State, who are operating in both countries. And um, it's thought that the, the a militant went into a mosque in Peshawar with a bomb strapped to himself. He shot a policeman on his way in and he detonated the bomb, took 63 people with him. Whoa. It was a Shia mosque, all right? So it was very much 
targeted and, uh, and, and he knew exactly what he was doing. There's about 200 plus in hospital and it comes off the back of a series of attacks on Shia mosques in recent months and years um, which, uh, which, which are very sad and, and quite brutal it has to be said. Yeah. And it's not a situation that we might see getting better anytime soon to be honest with you. Um, because of what's happened in Afghanistan with the Taliban and because they're fighting against Islamic State in that country there's a lot of um, uh, Islamic State people who are pouring over the border into Pakistan and who are operating out of there. So it's a double headache for uh, for Pakistan at the moment. Yeah. Right, the Dominican uh, Republic next and uh, they're going to build that wall. They are. They're building a wall. Uh, they've already started. They've actually, they broke ground last year, uh, last week. Um, the, the president there was, uh, was, was at it, Luis Abinader. Um, and he said that it would be a, a benefit, the wall would be a benefit for both nations and will be of great importance. And of course, the two nations he's talking about is the Dominican Republic and the much poorer Haiti. And effectively, he is building this wall because he wants to keep them out. Uh, he's saying he wants to keep drugs out he wants to keep crime out contraband smuggling all that kind of thing but we all know that really he's trying to keep Haitians out of the country there's about 500,000 of them already in the Dominican Republic Uh, a lot of them work in the tourist industry and in construction and are quite badly paid and that kind of thing um, so this border, which stems about four, which which goes across the two countries of about four hundred kilometers, the wall will be two hundred kilometers long. Uh, it's going to be about twelve feet high, and uh, there will be no less than seventy watchtowers on it with all sorts of technology and Jesus. things like that. So uh, they're really going to town on it. Yeah, the poor Haitians—they they can't get a break they can't at catch all. A break at all. And, you know, in his statement, actually, the president of the Dominican Republic said that, you know, anytime something goes wrong in Haiti, we're always there for them, you know. Uh, we're first when the earthquakes happen and that kind of thing. And to, I suppose that one side of it is that their politics is all over the place. I mean, Haiti sure, are yeah. just coming off the back of an assassination of a, of a president back in July. And uh, that crime still hasn't been solved. Now, there's rumours that the reason it hasn't been solved is because it goes all the way to the top. Mm. Um, so the 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 level of crime and the level of corruption in the country has really gone through the roof in recent months. Um, and it's obviously of concern to the Dominican Republic as to whether building a wall is the right response. Yeah. I can't really say. Uh, but it, for in, from in within the Dominican Republic, is there's a huge amount of Haitians there? Is it is it causing a strain in their economy and and society? I, I don't think it's causing yeah. a strain in their economy as such. I mean, it's a very wealthy country. Um, I think there's about half a million Haitians who live there. Uh, so it's it's quite a few out of a population of 11 million in the Dominican Republic. Um, so I don't know how much of a strain it's causing, to be honest with you, yeah. and, and where this actually stems from. Um, but they're going ahead with it. Right. Uh, Hondur- uh, Honduras we're going to next and uh, decision there to ban open pit mining. Yeah, this is one of the promises that was made by the new president, uh, Xiomara Castro, when she was on her campaign trail. So she came into power earlier this year and she's done a few things. I, I was reading earlier on, in fact, that she's given away free electricity to uh, some of the uh, poorer people in, in, in her society as well. But she's she's decided that she's going to ban open pit mining. Now, it's interesting because you, you want to look at the facts and the figures around this and see how much money they actually make out of it. So there's 217 mining concerns sessions active at the moment, right? And they have reserves which span about 106, 131 
um, square kilometres. So that's, I think, mm. the size of Monon, okay? Something like that. And uh, they they mine all sorts of things, gold, zinc, various different things, but it's only worth about $18 million to them, right? So it employs 4,000 people. So within the country, that's where it's going to cause problems, the employment side of things. And indeed, those who are advocating for the pits to be left open are sort of saying, well, look, there's 4,000 people going to lose their jobs. Also, the mining companies from Canada, the United (laughs) States are also going to lose quite a bit of money. But from Honduras' point of view, they're only going to lose 18 million quid. And you'd wonder how many of the 4,000 people who work in the industry are actually from Honduras as well. The benefit from her point of view is that the environment will get back to where it should be, right? Because there's an awful lot of chemicals that go into the water courses. Most of these mines are on indigenous land, over 50% of them. And most of the people who suffer from it are indigenous people who let's face it, don't really, can't really stand up for themselves yeah. as well as other groups may do. Although in recent years, they've organised a lot better. Yeah, but there has been places. a lot of conflict about these mines oh, loads, anyway. Loads and people have died and, and there's been all sorts of things. The only, the only problem with this is that we don't have a timeline, right? She said that she's not going to issue any new licences, but what they're going to do with the old pits or the ones that are operational at the moment, we don't know. Mm. And so you're looking at, you know, an election cycle starting in three and a half years' time, four years' time. So you know, how much or how far down the road they'll have gone at this stage, we don't know. But based on the evidence so far, she seems to be a woman of action. And, you know, she'll probably stick to her word or she okay. might stick to her word. Interesting one. And probably from a political point of view, better to do it sooner rather than later yeah, when absolutely. it might hurt you uh, down the road somewhere or another. Uh, right. Uh, Canada we're going to go to next. And kind of, this is like many other uh, uh, stories, similar stories that uh, I've spoken about in the past. Yeah, Donald Lee, uh, a man by the name of Donald Lee, he was, I think he's from Alaska. And he was certainly hunting there and he was out looking for a particular type of sheep, a fannin sheep it's called, a big curly um, uh, horns on the yeah. side of its head, right? And they look great up on a wall apparently, right? So he was there in Alaska in 2017 and about 200 metres away he saw what he wanted to shoot and he shot it. He went over to get the actual um, sheep, uh, took a photograph of it and walked away and got the, got it stuffed, mounted, all that kind of thing. But he made the fatal mistake of posting a photograph of himself to a sheep hunting whatever yes, you call it Instabat or something like that I don't know what it is <laughs> and um, somebody picked up on it and pointed out to the local authorities in Yukon which of course is in Canada that the sheep had not been shot in Alaska but in Yukon there was a, a, a geolocator on it and the date was on right. it uh, he probably didn't realise he'd crossed the border yeah then. this is what he's saying anyway yeah. right so he was he was brought to court in Yukon and he was fined so but the way that they came about finding out where he was was very interesting right they went to the geolocation they recreated the photograph and I've actually put it out on Twitter you might have seen it Yeah. and they've got all these little numbers about 16 or 17 saying rock here matches the rock there the leaf here matches the leaf there and they set the whole thing up so that they could prove that he was in this location which was in Canada and not the United <laughs> States and therefore he was hunting illegally so he's been banned for five years uh, he's been fined 8,500 Canadian dollars and I think the worst of all for him is he's been told he needs to return the head to Canada as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Just I suppose. Yeah, the if they're going to punish him, they're going to punish him. I don't yeah, know what well, Canada is going to do with the head. I don't know either. I mean, I, I suppose the only thing about it is that he has said sorry. 
Yeah. Uh, he said that he probably could have handled it better and uh, he won't do it again. So there okay. you go. He certainly won't. And He's it, to is it the case, do you know, in Canada, is, is there an absolute ban on shooting these sheep or is it just he didn't have a licence for Canada to, to, I, I to think he, did, he didn't have a licence for Canada. Now, you, if you'd asked me that about Alaska, I'd have been able to tell you that you're able to shoot these sheep Whenever if they're, want, if they're yeah. eight, eight, yeah. over eight years of age yeah. uh, and if they're male and if their horns have grown a certain length, all sorts of different things. So I, I think it's just that he could he didn't have the license to operate in Canada. It, they are hunted in that part of the world mm. legally. So right. had it been Alaska, he would have been fine. Okay, a lot of trouble to go to, really, I would have thought. Uh, right, uh, Saudi Arabia uh, we're going to go to now. And uh, this is a man sentenced to death for the second time. Yeah, very sad story. Uh, he, when the crime that he's alleged to have committed was carried out, uh, he was 14. So this again mm. happened in 2017. It's a man by the name of Abdullah al-Hawati. So he's only 19 or 20 now as well. Um he is accused, along with five others, of uh, robbing a jewellery shop in a town of Duba, which is a lovely little town on the on the coast of the Red Sea um, in Saudi Arabia, not far from the border with Jordan and, and Israel. Um, while that robbery was happening, he shot a policeman. Now, you know, saying boo to a policeman in Saudi Arabia is bad mm, enough, so you can yeah. imagine the people were out for blood when they thought that this kid had uh, had shot the policeman. There's CCTV footage that shows that he wasn't at the scene of the crime uh, when it actually happened. But this apparently wasn't good enough for the court in the town of Tabuk, uh, where he was convicted first in 2019. It went to appeal. He lost that appeal. And then it went to the Supreme Court back in November, who actually threw it out, sent it back for a retrial presumably because they thought there was no way that yeah. he could stand up. But the criminal court in Tabuk, I don't know if it was the same judge or not, and it might be a personal thing, has convicted him for a second time and sentenced him to death. Wow. Can 14 he, when he committed the crime. Can he appeal again? I, I assume he can. I, 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 would see, I would see no reason why he can't, to be honest with you. Yeah. And the fact that he committed the, allegedly committed this crime when he was 14 it has no bearing on this then? It actually doesn't, uh, yeah. would you believe? He, he, it, the various different laws changed in 2018 to remove the right for judges to um, apply the death penalty to juveniles, but it didn't, um, it didn't cover this type of crime. Right. Right, we're going to go to uh, Tanzania, uh, uh, finally, and uh, the leader of the opposition has been released from prison. Yeah, the the reason I'm going to Tanzania is because we we covered a bit of this story about four weeks ago, right? And and it's kind of a story that's progressing. You remember our old friend John Magafuli, the bulldozer who died (laughs) of COVID last year. There's a new president there now, a woman by the name of Samia Hassan. And we reported last month that when she was in Belgium, I think there was an EU Africa summit there, that she met the one of the leaders of the opposition who was in hiding there because he, he had run away from a, an assassination attempt a few years ago. Um, so one of the things that they spoke about was the freeing of one of the main opposition leaders, a man by the name of Freeman <laughs> Mboe, uh, who is now indeed a free man after seven months in prison. Um, look, to, I know we're short on time, so basically what it, it probably indicates that this new president is going to be a little bit more 
open to criticism. She's freed up things in the media, which you remember Magafuli mm, was yeah. big on cracking down on. And uh, hopefully it'll lead to a more sort of demo- more democratic elections and more transparent society. OK, what should we look out for over the next week or so? Yeah, those elections in South Korea obviously are going to be big news. And then there's elections in Turkmenistan and it means the <laughs> do end... Do they of, have them? Well, it means it, they do, on paper at least. It means the end of our old favourite Gurbanguly Bertie Mukhamedov. His right. name will be no more in this slot. <laughs> Uh, and your award-winning uh, pronunciations <laughs> of his name will be yeah, no more. His son be will be there, though, yeah. who thankfully has a shorter first name, Serdar. He's 40 years old and he's a shoe in to win the election. So watch that space. 101% of the... Yes. <laughs> he, could, he could indeed. And would you believe next Tuesday, it's 11 years since the uprising against Assad. 11 my years word, that's going on. My word. Jonathan, thanks a million as ever. Jonathan de Burka Butler, there you are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. We'll take a break after that. 100 women in Limerick. Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.